This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Over 24 million people in the United States are addicted to either alcohol or drugs. It's a national epidemic, and it's killing more people than auto accidents each year. If you or a loved one are struggling with an addiction, what's your plan? Do you think it will just go away on its own? It won't. Are you embarrassed or ashamed to ask for help? Too many people are. Addiction is not a character flaw. It's a disease that left untreated destroys lives, families, and relationships. It will literally take everything from you. Get help. Get help now. Call the Addiction Advisor Helpline. Their advisors are there 24 hours a day to listen and provide guidance. The call is free and the service is free. Call the Addiction Advisor at 800-278-9402. That's 800-278-9402. Again, 800-278-9402. That's 888-727-BECK is our phone number if you'd like to get in touch with us anytime during the course of the show. Uh, some interesting um, new things are coming to light. For instance, the State Department has redacted almost everything in the email from, uh, uh, that outlined Obama and, uh, and Hillary Clinton's phone call on the night of the Benghazi attack. So, oh, well, you say almost everything. What does that even mean, though? It seems oh. like... Well, look at this. I mean, I, I get a lot from this. Okay, what do you get from that? Well, uh, it says, uh, we are considering releasing this tonight. Mm-hmm. And then a readout from the president called Hillary Clinton. So we know the call happened. Right. And then... Uh, you then know, it's redacted. Uh, it's all gone. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but you get... you get. But you did get... The time. Again, the time. Which was what time? It was September 11th, 2012, 11.45 p.m. 11.45, okay. You know, you get who was, uh, who was on the email. Yeah. And that was uh, whom? It was uh, Sullivan, Jacob. Okay. J. Rines. Yes. Philippe. Mm-hmm. I, the Deputy Se- Press Secretary, okay. Bernadette Meehan. All right. Benjamin Rhodes. And then somebody else. Okay. I, I don't know who because they redacted it. And then, of course, go ahead and go through the entire context of the content. Well, they, they went through, I think, pretty much everything uh, they talked about that night, including... Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then there was. Well, there was also. And you're, I noticed you're leaving out. That's true. I did leave that out initially. There wasn't to hide it, though. I wanted to make sure you know about. Okay. <laughs> so I think it was pretty informative. Nothing. It's all. I mean, anything of substance is gone. They just. So. All, the only thing that's substance is there. Actually, we do now know there is an email that outlined what happened on that call. That's it. Uh, which would be interesting to know the details of. Uh, we just don't know them and why is it all redacted if nothing bad happened we need to blame this on the video (laughs) i doubt it says that right what does it say probably says something the effect of uh uh these people need help what should we do well we can't do x y and z uh you know we stand down stand down i don't know well who knows right we don't know because there's a big white box in front of it and by the way racists it used to be black boxes now it's white boxes racism 
and beyond microaggression. <laughs> yes, way beyond microaggression. Way, way beyond that. Um, so the details uh, about the call are all being withheld from the uh, by the federal government. Now this is the most transparent government of all time in the history of any nation anywhere in the world or the solar system. I would venture to say the galaxy at this point. I, I, this has been the most transparent administration ever in the universe. The whole known and unknown universe. Any alternate systems or universes, it's more transparent than any of those. So it's amazing to me that, um, that it's all been withheld. Now, that's not because the information is classified, but because the administration claims they represent internal deliberations about the 2012 terror assault. Deliberations like we were probably speculating on. <laughs> hey, stand down. This is the perfect opportunity to get rid of these guys. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what was said. But we thought a lot about the fact that, you know, there was gun running. We know that. They were involved in some gun running. You know, I, I, I mean, would it have come to light if they would have helped him? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they left four Americans out to dry. And now we, won't, we, we have no idea about what happened with this call, so we're left to speculate. And that's, you know, it's probably not a good thing. I, I'd rather see what was actually there. Especially if it's not national security related, which they said it's not. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, but maybe it was political, politically uh, motivated. Maybe there were discussions of politics that would seem a bit insensitive at a moment like that. Mm -hmm. um, could be something like that. I, you know, who knows? I, my guess is when you know of the existence of this, eventually you find out. But by then, he'll already be uh, canonized on Mount Rushmore. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we won't have a... Yeah. Well, it won't really matter, but we probably will eventually find out. Oh, it won't. It, you're absolutely right. It won't matter. Because it'll be... We released those emails two years ago. Who cares? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, there was nothing on them. Oh, that's old news. Old, old news, old news, old news. At this point, what difference does it make? That's what we'll hear. Uh, also, um, again, what difference does it make that we're missing yet another deadline of uh, uh, dealing with Iran? Again. Well, according to the White House, it doesn't make any difference. No, it right? doesn't make any difference at all. Um, White House uh, Press Secretary Josh Ernest said Monday uh, that uh, talks will go past the June 30th deadline, which is today. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that means an agreement or uh, it won't indicate whether it was uh, agreement will be more or less likely because of that. At this point, I would anticipate that negotiations will continue past the deadline. It's not surprising nor uncommon. Well, if it's not surprising nor uncommon, then deadlines aren't deadlines. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll notice red lines are not mm -hmm. red lines and deadlines are not deadlines. That is our administration. Yeah, it, it yeah. really is. It really is. Yeah, I mean, with the red. Speaking of red lines, we you know Syria crossed a red line. Uh, with their chemical weapons. That was a red line. Right. And they crossed it again. And then we said stuff about it. Yeah. We said, you know and what? And we drew another red line. And we said, well, okay, but don't go past this one. And then they crossed and that one. And then they crossed that one. And then we said, you know what? Well, maybe they'll just give them all up tomorrow. And then, fine, we'll let them off the hook. And then they said, oh, okay, yeah, we'll give them all up tomorrow then. Um, you're, oh, sure, let, yeah, we, that's what we're going to do is give them... All of tomorrow, our, our friends in Russia are going to help us f facilitate. You're sure you're fine with that? Because if you, okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll give them up tomorrow. Eh, not, not a problem. Um, Why didn't you ask for that before? Yeah, geez. That's we, essentially what wow. you said. Gosh, um, we, we, 
this is a great idea. Sure. So they gave them all up tomorrow, <laughs> which meant nothing because they're still attacking people with chemical weapons, and they're yeah. crossing that line yet again. Uh, yeah, but we drew another one. But and then they chlorine is yeah, not sure. historically considered a chemical weapon. Remember that, first no, of all. No, you use it in your pool. You do. Shut up. You do. You use it in your pool. Mm. How chemical can it be? <laughs> I mean, it's. And we found out it's not even what gives you red eyes when you go and uh, open your eyes underwater. Oh, really? What is it? Pee. What? Pee. What? Urine. You're saying that? Yeah, it's a urine that gives you the red eyes. The urination that's in the water. That's what gives you the red eyes. When not did the we, we find we this out? We found that out. Was it earlier this week or late last? It was, uh, it was that long ago. Did you see this story, too? Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised about it. Yeah. It gives you the red eyes in the yeah. swimming pool. Chlorine doesn't give you red eyes in the swimming pool, which is I what I was I, hopeful it was. I, I think I missed <laughs> so, uh, this particular program. Really? Can you walk yeah. me through? Yeah. I can, I can walk you through it. It's that chlorine doesn't cause red eyes in the swimming pool. <laughs> it's your, Where are you getting this information? <laughs> From the... It was on the blaze. It was on... Yeah, it was. It was a story on the blaze. It and was forget, on the blaze, too. It's got to be a fact. Who did the study? Can you look it up, yeah, Jeffy, and see if you can find it really quick? Because it is kind of a fascinating, uh, you know, if, if That's you like a lot of pee. Yeah, I mean, if you love, if you enjoy using public swimming pools, and who doesn't? And you get red eyes from it, you're gonna love the fact that that's other people's urine in your eyes. That <laughs> <laughs> so urine in your eyes, you're happy to see me. <laughs> Bizarre. I did, I did not know that. You didn't uh, hear that, really? No. Yeah, I don't know how that escaped your attention, because that, that's a, a happy story. That's one of those happy stories. That's yes, the mix of them all. The chlorine binds with all the things trying to uh, kill from your bodies. Mm -hmm. These chemical irritants. Mm -hmm. That's what's stinging your eyes. Uh, chlorine. Oh, keeps jumping around. Chlorine binding with the urine and the sweat. <laughs> Ick! Is that nasty? So whose who's study is this, or... or survey or whatever is it from some scientist or is it just from the national pool association <laughs> it's the, the national the chlorine, chlorine of america <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. it also is historically not a chemical weapon we should point that out we're the national chlorine <laughs> association uh, uh well let me give you this mm -hmm. while we're on this by the way go ahead u.s centers for disease control oh, there you go. it's interesting because okay. that's one of those things that you realize how overly worried we are about things yes. yeah. it's like we would freak out if you know every time uh someone would release a report saying there was two percent more microbes in x y or z food that we're eating <laughs> that's gonna be blah. it's like we've been diving into urine for a century and mm -hmm. we've all been fine mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, urine in your eyes and everything's fine. You would be horrified if somebody peed in your eyes directly. Right. <laughs> well, you've got well, the same thing going on in a pool. Jeffy does have a series uh, so. of websites in which, uh, <laughs> well, forget it. Uh, <laughs> um, so, by the way, uh, can man. we go on this uh, this chlorine thing for a second? Do you, should we take a quick chlorine break? Go ahead. On the chemical weapons? Yeah. Obama said this, it's true we've seen reports of chlorine and bombs that have the effect of chemical weapons. Chlorine itself historically has not been listed as a chemical weapon, but when it is used in this fashion, it can be con considered a prohibitive use of that particular chemical. So Germany is recognized as the, because it's not historical, there's no historical basis for chemical, uh, chlorine as a chemical weapon. 
Germany was recognized as the first to use chemical weapons on a mass scale during times of war. It was April 22, 1915, when British and French troops were assaulted by gas-filled canisters during World War I by the German army, and a gray cloud drifted towards the unsuspecting mm -hmm. soldiers in the trenches. Within seconds of inhaling its vapor, agents such as chlorine, chlorine. Uh, and uh, mustard gas during the, uh, were used. Uh, during the uh, um, uh, this this era, uh, Wilfred Owen, as a Br British soldier poet, described a post-chemical attack scene when he wrote, "If you could hear at every jolt, the blood came gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs." Oof. That does not does that sound like a chemical weapon to you? Kind of. After one such assault, sort one of. observer described it like this. Ninety men died from gas poisoning in the trenches or before they could have been taken to a dressing station. Of the 207 brought to the nearest dressing, dressing stations, 46 died almost immediately and 12 after long suffering. Does it sound like a, a historical use of chlorine as a chemical weapon to you? No, because that didn't happen in history. Oh, okay. That was in 1915. And nearly uh, 100,000 <laughs> soldiers total would die due to attacks from chemical weapons during mm -hmm. World War One. And in fact, the German use of chlorine and mustard gas during the years-long struggle is the chief reason we have chemical weapon treaties in effect today. Chlorine is actually the reason, partially along with mustard gas, that we have chemical weapons treaties that came out of World War One. Can you believe blah, what blah, blah. a liar he is? And he never gets <laughs> and called he gets away on that. I know. I, that, oh we've been holding gosh. on that one for a while because when I heard that quote, I'm like, that's definitely not true, and uh, that's yeah. the history of it. Definitely not true. Uh, he has also now, the president has now called for more gun control state by state and city by city. Finally. Finally, we can get some common sense reform, right? I mean, I'm, look, I'm not talking about, all I'm simply saying was is that uh, we're, we're, I'm not talking about uh, the, overturning the Second Amendment. I'm, that's not what I'm talking no. about. This is not about the Second Amendment. This is just about common sense reform. That's all you care about. That uh, Americans could all get behind, Republicans and Democrats alike could get behind. They've been for this in the past. Okay, this is nothing that nothing new. These are just things that they used to be for, and now all of a sudden, I guess because I'm black, uh, they, they're now not for. And all I'm simply saying is we need common sense reforms here to stop the violence. This is the only country in which this sort of violence happens. The only one. No, that's true. And, uh, and so all I'm simply asking is, as I've said in the past, what I've said in the past is we need common sense reform. And by the past, I mean just a few seconds ago I said that. You did say and that. And now I've said it again. But w what I've simply said is uh, the only thing I'm saying now is that we need uh, common sense reform on, uh, on gun control. So we sent, uh, sent out a fundraising pitch for organizing for action to stop gun violence. Just uh, days after his visit to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where nine people were gunned down. People across the country are stepping up, and supporters and volunteers are working to prevent gun violence state by state and city by city. Join the fight today. Those who click join the fight today are taken to a donation form immediately after entering their email address and zip code. So now the president's raising money, too, for gun control, as is uh, Michael uh, uh, Bloomberg who has been fighting this fight for a really long time, multi-multi-multi-billionaire. Uh, so they've got some money behind them, and there's going to be more. Obama's reference to state-by-state state was alluded to later in the message, expressing angst on the lack of support from Congress for more gun control laws. His efforts for expanded background checks in 2013, and by the way, this guy had a background check, 
still got the gun legally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he went through the background check, which did nothing. So they, they keep calling for background checks. We have background checks. When I bought my AR-15, they did a background check. That's why I took a half an hour in line standing there waiting for them for the background check to come back and say, yeah, okay, he's, he hasn't killed anybody. Go ahead. Right. You gun. can't. I mean, it's almost impossible to stop, short of banning every single gun. And even then, you know, to paraphrase Karl Rove, and even then, of course, we all know that these things happen anyway, and they happen at higher rates in other countries that have completely banned them. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like, there's no policy that makes it so a person who's 21 years old and had never committed a major crime, you know, can't go in there and get a gun. Yeah. He was caught once with drugs on him. Now, of course, that would also be uh, something that the left would say he shouldn't even be on his record. If it was any other kid, they would be they would say, like, how dare you put someone like that in prison or how dare you leave that on his record? Well, bottom line is he had one minor drug offense, which was, you know, just per for personal use. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's very hard to stop somebody. If somebody like that snaps, what do you do? You know, so it, yeah. it happens everywhere. Yeah. Um, by the way, is an interesting argument being presented by some gun rights advocates that using the logic uh, in the same sex marriage ruling by the Supreme Court opens up um, uh, an interesting argument um, for guns to be for all these state laws uh, that restrict gun use to be removed. Listen to this. This is uh, from uh, uh, the let's see. The Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. Mm -hmm. To paraphrase what Associate Justice Anthony Kennedy said about same-sex marriage, no right is more profound than the right of self-preservation. And under the Constitution, all citizens should be able to exercise the right of self-defense anywhere in the country. It disparages their ability to do so and diminishes their personhood to deny the right to bear arms that they live in their home states when they are visiting other states. So the idea is mm -hmm. the same way that you, if you get married in you know, one state, they have to recognize your marriage in the other state. Mm -hmm. If you have a gun license in one state, they have to, they have to uh, uh, honor that license in That's another state. That's a nice state. point. It's an interesting point. I mean, yeah. as is always the case, it doesn't seem to ever work when you have good points and then they're conservative. Uh, no. Uh, but it's the same argument. And by the way, I will note that one of the two rights, marriage or guns, one of them is actually enshrined in the Constitution. Yeah, one of them is a fundamental right. Yes. And one of them is not a fundamental right, but is being called that over and over and over again. Right. Marriage is not, a, not in the Constitution. And you know what else isn't? Healthcare. Not a fundamental right. Right. Healthcare, not a fundamental right. Marriage, not a fundamental right. I, I, it drives me out of my mind. I mean, if you want fundamental rights of marriage and healthcare and a job and a min minimum wage and a house, go to the old Soviet Union. And their constitution protects all that for you. Mm -hmm. And look at their wonderful lifestyle. I mean, they built some beautiful concrete I don't wouldn't call them oh, dwellings. I guess I could say that they are. Oh, They're not really homes. Take, take it. I was They're just watching a drone tour of Pripyat. Pripyat, uh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right outside of Chernobyl. Wow, very beautiful, nice. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Especially this time of year, uh, you know, concrete buildings. Uh, nice old Ferris wheels uh, that used to work, but would no and haven't do. worked for probably uh, 25, 30 years. In the background, that wonderful Still. piece of uh, cons communist construction. Yeah, uh, which uh, with the encasement uh, now protecting the. Uh, but you know what? They all had the fundamental right to health care. They did. All of them. Now, oh, sure, 56 of them all died. Of them. Sure. Uh, and many more sure. may die from cancer later on. But 
Whatever. Uh, they still had the right to health care. They had the right Free to Free and affordable. Now, they didn't get it, okay. per se, but they had the right to it, and that's what's yeah. important. That's, it was, their heart was in the right place in the Soviet Union. It's all about love, Pat. Love wins. It's all wins. about love. Mm -hmm. Love wins, baby. Love wins. I, I, I like this. I, again, Obama keeps doing this, and I'm not sure why with this gun situation. No single reform will eliminate violence. Um, right. So why do you keep alluding to it? Why, why do you? In fact, none of the single reforms or double reforms or triple reforms. A triple reforms, reform would do it. Triple reform quadruple, wouldn't do it either. A quadruple no. reform? Mm -mm. Okay, crap. No. Mm -hmm. You can get a septuple reform. It still wouldn't do it. act. You got to do something. Just That's needs his to point. do it. We don't need the well, reform. It is, exactly and it's also his, as you've pointed out many times, Jeffy. Uh, they plant these things so they can come back later and say, "No, we told you. you yeah, we told you. This we told you it God. wasn't going to exactly. work." Exactly. I mean, when it doesn't work and violence goes up, they will say, "Look, as we said, yeah, uh, no, there's single no single reform, reform is going to we're get gonna rid have of to violence. do another reform, and that's how you go down that slippery slope. Sure is. Soon you don't have guns anymore." Well, here's something you can do, and that's uh, get your 72-hour kit. And, and you can do this right away, and you can do it incredibly inexpensively. For $10 for My Patriot Supply, yep. uh, and that includes shipping, you can call them at 800-274-3040. Get started on maybe a three-month supply, a six-month supply, or, or even a year supply, which mm -hmm. is what I like to have uh, yep. handy. But this is a great way to start, and it's $10 for yep. a three-day supply. These are just a couple of example bags from the pack that you'll, you'll get. But, you know, if you're going to store a year worth of, year's worth of food, you want to have it in some easy-to-store sort of uh, mm -hmm. container like this. And uh, the 72-hour kit comes this way, and as you get more and more, it'll come the same way as well. Easy to store. And you it know makes what preparation else? easy. You don't have to grind any of this. No, there's no <laughs> grinding <right>. oats. <laughs> You like, just make food in it, like the way that. you're used to making food. And the good thing is, the food's actually good. You don't have to... It's that starving through wheat bark. Bull weevil free. And it's bull weevil free. It's Pat's so, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pat was sold on, on doing these commercials when he heard bull weevil free. <laughs> that was the thing that sucked <laughs> Pat in. 800-274-3040 is the number. My Patriot Supply, 72-hour mm -hmm. kit, 10 bucks, include shipping, 800-274-3040. My Patriot Supply, it's not just food, it's freedom. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. beck it's Pat and Stu. Campus Reform is a group that goes out and asks... Uh, Students on campuses, uh, some fun questions, and usually get some awesome answers. And this time, they went out with some candidates' homes, and we're showing them these beautiful, beautiful homes. The the least expensive of which I think was over a million dollars, like one point seven or something. 
And then they had another one for two million or whatever. And then one was eleven million, one was thirteen million. So guess which candidate went, went to which home? Here's what happened. You are going to try and guess which candidate has lived in which mansion. First up, we've got what I'm calling the Embassy Estate. Who do you guys think of these candidates has lived in the Embassy Estate? Let's go with Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. I like the way you say Rubio. Say it again. <laughs> Rubio. Rubio. I'll go with Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson has lived in the Embassy Estate. That's what we're going with. All right. Next up, the Countryside Castle. Who you got? I'll go with Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush making bank. The Hampton Hideaway, a cool $11 million. So who do you think is able to afford that? Uh, Mark Rubio. Senator Marco Mark Rubio like, from Florida. Yeah, I'm thinking about Ben Carson. Ben Carson. All right. He's making that neurosurgeon money. Last but certainly not least is the Beachside Bungalow. Donald Trump. No doubt that you think Donald's the one that can afford that? Yeah. $13 million. Yes. For Good the guess. Beachside Bungalow. Who do we think lives in the Beachside Bungalow? Is that bungalow? I'm going to say Marco. Mark- Everyone thinks what Marco's if I told very rich. Yeah. All four of these were Hillary Clinton. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> really? This is great. I don't know, you're pulling my leg. No way. Are you serious? Yeah, way. Oh, wow. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you serious? Are yeah. you really? Really. Damn, then she does have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, she does. All right, well, now you're changing my opinion on the election a little bit. Wait, Why? So, like, all of them say that. She's so. just the first. They all say, well, now I'm going to have to rethink my vote. Well, I didn't realize she was that rich. Now I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Why? Great point. Because she had four beautiful, she lived in four nice homes. What the hell? What does that have to do with anything? It's progressivism coming back and fighting progressives. It sure is. You you teach everybody that rich people are evil for long enough. They all start thinking that way. And then now, now you have to try to explain why your wealth is not evil. Your wealth is good. Everyone else's is bad, but yours is good. Even though your daughter works for a hedge fund, hedge funds are bad. It's an arsonist getting trapped in his own fire. Yeah. That's a great point. That's really amazing. First of all, it's amazing that I I didn't realize the Clintons had owned a $1.7 million home, a $5.7 million home, $11 million and $13 million. Well, that's why they were broke. (laughs) That's why they were completely broke. Except they're not. (laughs) And they've got well over $100 million in wealth. Uh, That's... uh, that's an eye-opening start to finish. And I, I can understand video. a lot of people saying Jeb Bush. Why Marco Rubio? Why I don't know. Yeah. If anything, he's been in the news for not being able to handle his finances. Yeah. Right. Right? Even though it's yeah. not a fair uh, criticism at all, honestly. But, I mean, that's what he got. There, that's what the news was. He had trouble for buying an $8,000 boat or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, he literally, wow. he, I, I think what he makes is his salary in the Senate. That's about it, right? Yeah, and then, well, then he wrote that during, wrote a book. Yeah. Well, he during wrote a that book. story, they showed his neighborhood. I mean, the cul-de-sac, whatever he lives on. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. But it's not Hillary Clinton nice. No. Now look, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, obviously, he's a former president. Yes. I mean, oh, my gosh. But I'm it just sure. shows, ha- like, again, this would never happen with a conservative. No conservative would be able to walk a line like this because as soon as you came out and said... Uh, well, you, uh, you, you know, people who are rich are doing all this damage to the country, and they find out you were rich. It would be the lead story for six months. But with Hillary Clinton, it doesn't happen. She just gets yep. to just skate through it. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, Mike Huckabee, who I'm not a fan of. Mike Huckabee is, if you would classify him as a popul- populist Republican, in that he kind of tries to make himself seem 
I'm with the people. He's not, uh, you know, he's not, a, he's not Donald Trump out there bragging about how rich he is. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who, you know, says, ah, grits and gravy and guns and, and grandma and Gilligan. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. And when it came out that he spent mil you know millions of dollars on private jets and was taking money from you know uh, questionable diabetes cures uh, and uh, and spending that on lavish homes and private jets, it was a story. It was a big story. People came out and talked about it a lot. And he's not mm -hmm. a top contender for the nomination. Um, yet with Hillary Clinton, who's done much, has way more money than Mike Huckabee could ever dream of having. And Huckabee would still, I don't think he would come out overtly and say the things that Hillary Clinton says about rich people. Um, he wouldn't be advocating publicly for massive tax increases on the wealthy, no. for example. No. Um, and, and yet Huckabee's the one that pays the price and not Clinton. God, when you got the media on your side, man, it, it makes life a lot easier. It does. It does. It, it shows, uh, this video shows to me. What a great job the left has done on our kids. I mean, they have indoctrinated them with Marxist rhetoric for so long that these kids just believe it's evil if you have enough wealth to live in nice homes. And you certainly can't live in four different nice homes. That's just too much. Now you're talking about not getting my vote. That's amazing to me. I didn't know she had that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's over $100 million, Pumpkin. That's a lot of money. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Not that you're a pumpkin. It, you're round like all those round, round like one. Yeah, you're just not is. as orange as most pumpkins. And he's dumber than a pumpkin, like a, an actual. Pumpkin. Oh, that's a good point that's too. Good point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, the stem itself is smarter. Pumpkins don't even yeah. have a. Those yeah. Seeds. Well, the stem, the seeds inside the pumpkin are smarter. You're in my eye, you're in my eye. <laughs> See, that's a little uh, urine in the eyes, making them red because it's not the chlorine in the pool, as we were talking about earlier. And then instead of see You're in My Heart by Rod Stewart, you're in, you're in my heart, it's urine my eye. <laughs> right? So you get to sing along. See? Okay. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Apparently, the ACLU no longer supports religious freedom for Christians. What? Uh, in an op-ed uh, for the Washington Post, Deputy ACLU Deputy Legal Director Louise Melling announced that the historic civil rights organization no longer supports the Religious Freedom Restoration Act because Christians can use it as a sword to discriminate. Oh. Okay. Uh, she points out, she points to the Hobby Lobby case as an example of why they've decided to yank their support. Because explain the Hobby Lobby case and how desperately evil that was, Stu. If you oh, could. I don't know if I can on the air. I know. It's it was so, so hateful. So hateful. Um, uh, there was a they actually, Hobby Lobby fought for the right to murder women in their own <laughs> stores. Yeah, basically, the, the, the decision was did they do that? that Hobby Lobby had the right to poison or shoot any woman that yeah. walked into the store or any 10-mile radius around any Or of any stores. other employees that were female if they wanted to. They could Anyone. just murder them um, where they stood. 
The Shot Husky. to watch them die. It's well, similar to that. It's a slight <sighs> difference. Let me explain okay, the, the nuance. Because that's the headline. Let me give you the nuance here. All right. Uh, they wanted to restrict uh, two <laughs> of 16 available types of, uh, of uh, birth control and not restrict them per se, just not pay for them. Oh, my gosh. So it was even worse than we were saying. They won't, wow, that's even worse no, than killing well, them. Why? Oh my gosh, two of sixteen. Right, so they still so have. So they only they only made available fourteen different kinds not, of contraception. No, not exactly. <laughs> they only paid for fourteen or sixteen. They, all sixteen were available. They just only would pay for fourteen of the sixteen types. Wow. So it's worse, a lot worse. Thank you for that. I, update. I don't, maybe I'm not expressing this. <laughs> you have urine in your eyes. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Melling, so she points to the uh, Hobby Lobby case. In the most recent case where they utilized and won using RFRA, the ACLU defended uh, Iknur Singh, who was uh, a Sikh who was told to shave his beard and remove his turban for military service in the army. They fought and won uh, the right for him to to his uh, religious tradition. Uh, in their view, his duty of wearing a beard and turban under his faith doesn't harm anyone's, uh, anyone else, so it qualifies as religious liberty. But we can no longer support the law in its current form. For more than 15 years, we've considered about how the RFRA could be used to discriminate against others. As the events of the past couple of years amply illustrate, I'd like to know one case where RFRA has caused discrimination against anyone. Because I'm not aware of it. Uh, but apparently the communist ACLU is. Uh, Singh, it, it is now often, uh, while the RFRA may serve as a shield to protect Singh, it's now often used as a sword to discriminate against women, gay, and transgender people and others. Christians, that's all they want to do is kill people. And that's... That's why the Hobby Lobby case was so, so bad. ACLU is perplexing. I, I mean, like, Very. okay, so Very. They, you can understand, like, some mm. of the things that have frustrated people about the ACLU is they will defend the rights of some terrorist who had his, uh, you know, mm. civil liberties violated in some way. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you get frustrated because, you know, this person's trying to kill Americans and they're making it difficult to, <laughs> uh, to get information from him or something. It's an understandable complaint, but the ACLU has an understandable case there, right? I mean, there, it's mm -hmm. an individual liberty, civil liberties. This is what they're supposed to be doing. Forcing someone who owns a company to pay for something that they don't think is appropriate is, is not execu executing civil liberties for anybody. It, it's executing as in, like, assassinating the civil liberties of Hobby Lobby and, and their should, owners. What we should mention here is that the two... I believe both of the contraceptive devices that they wouldn't pay for, right, for their women, were like the RU486, which is the the morning after pill. It, the, right? There's two different. There's yeah. There's yeah. There's two different things there. There's a. It's a weird area because there's RU486. There's the Plan B, which is different. Plan B is the morning after pill. Okay, and the reason they wouldn't right. do that is because they consider it they abortion. They consider it to be abortion. Now, yeah. look, some, now some doctors say it's not, um, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, but again, it's not a science judgment. It's a moral judgment. Do you think something is right or wrong? They believe it is wrong. They are people with religious liberties who believe mm -hmm. that something is wrong. And all they're saying is, they're not saying, if you do this, we won't let you in the store. They're saying, mm -hmm. we don't want to pay for you to do this. Right. Uh, again, you can Amazing. go to a, you can go pay for it yourself. Mm -hmm. You can go to another company and get a job where they will pay for it. 
But no, we, we ourselves, because we're a family-owned company, don't have to pay for these two out of 16 things. This is what was so frustrating and what I was expressing um, to, uh, on the radio the other day when the, uh, when the rulings came down, is that, uh, especially the uh, EPA one, when conservatives win cases, they win these very specific things. Hobby Lobby, a family-owned corporation, we, acting on their religious liberty, can restrict certain types of birth control, at least paying for it, if they have a moral objection that is documentable. And it's like, okay, when, 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 when uh, liberals win cases, uh, well, everybody has gay marriage in every state. And, that, and, and that's like, it. And it's like, wait yeah. a minute, why is it? Why are our uh, rulings never as wide ranging as this? You know, we have a right to privacy, abortion forever. We have everybody forever. Yeah. Law of the land forever. It's like when we went, if someone has blonde hair and they're at their eighth month with twenty nine days and eighteen minutes, you can only sort of abort them. Those are our victories. <laughs> And it's like, why does that always happen? It's like, I think my, my belief would be that the justices that are conservative take that role seriously. They're not looking for judicial activism. They're not trying to be super legislature, legislators. They're trying to say, okay, this is what you're asking. This is what I'm going to answer. And I'm not going to make it any broader than that. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg does not get held down by that standard. And again, which one do you do? I feel comfortable being on the side of the argument that says, you know what? No, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to I don't want to be the guys that go in there and take all the power the liberals have given. But it does work. Right. I mean, that, that is how mm -hmm. you get these things done. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a tough argument. Yeah, it, it's 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 frustrating. It's it's frustrating. <laughs> and also this the SCOTUS blocked Texas's abortion clinic regulations, too. Um, they moved to keep 19 abortion clinics open. As the Texas legal battle uh, still tries to keep them to get them closed, uh, the justices voted 5-4 to grant an emergency appeal from the clinics after a federal appeals court upheld new clinic regulations and refused to keep them on hold while the clinics appealed to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So this one's interesting because they passed somewhat restrictive laws for abortion clinics in Texas, which say you have to be uh, near a certain, you have to have uh, admission into hospitals, you have to have certain medical standards at your which place. Which seems prudent. Seems prudent. When you're talking about the safety and the health of the mother and the child. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, you want them to have some medical expertise, right? Mm -hmm. You want it to be a clean and uh, technologically advanced place where they can take care of any kind of problem that, that, that and arises if it gets ugly they can they can get into a hospital quickly and easily yeah. Um, yeah. and so that was now look that's not, just code for your bigotry I will say <laughs> you make a joke there Jeffy and I would call it bigotry but it, let's be honest about it a good portion of it is code uh, I, I'm, I, I, it is it's what they're doing I mean, it's plainly they're trying to get abortion illegal without it being illegal. Which is fine! Which, again, seemed to be, used to be okay. And I, I think that is what they're doing. If I'm being honest about it, I think that is what they're doing. They're trying to restrict, they're coming up with restrictions that will minimize the amount of abortions possible because they don't like abortion and they yeah. think it's bad. And I'm like, you know what? They should be able to fight for that. Um, and I, so, so separate from that, um, you know, separate from whether it's a good policy or not, the Supreme Court basically said, because this law has passed, most of these abortion clinics have closed down because they know it's coming and they're oh, not going to no. be able to do oh, business. So they've closed down. Oh, no. And these other people are saying, 
well, wait, wait until the Supreme Court looks at it yeah. until you close us down for good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've hold, they're holding off on this law while a few of these uh, abortion clinics remain open. And then if the Supreme Court says, you know what, we're not going to look at this, it'll be over and the law will be in place. Um, and if you can restrict abortion like this, you're going to wind up being uh, a, a, a society that has much less abortion. I mean, right. You are. Um, it was that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? I know, again, terrible. I think it's a, t- if a great you thing. you couldn't murder uh, three to five million people a year. It'd be really tragic. It's so fascinating to me that these progressives are amazingly concerned about the potential discomfort that a brutal serial killer might feel as he's being put to sleep uh, receiving the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And they fight that all the way to the Supreme Court, calling it cruel and unusual that we administer these drugs. Had no problem. None whatsoever with a fully viable human being coming out of the birth canal and not being completely out with all of their fingers and toes, and yet you can jam scissors into the back of the neck and kill the child. And that's perfectly fine, and they've got no problem with it, because that's only about the mother and her body. Well, wait a minute. It wasn't her body you just jammed scissors into. Hold on a second. It's just the most ludicrous thing it is maybe in the history of mankind i heard a uh, and that is such a such a powerful point i mean the problem with this debate is people talk about it all the time and you get entrenched in your side but if you look yeah. at this i mean i don't i don't understand how anyone can be on the other it. side of that argument no, i don't either and by the way most people aren't i mean you're in the 90 80 to 90 percentile of uh, when you're talking opposition late when you term talk late-term like abortion which yeah. is positive at least um but uh, when you go to uh, the, this story in particular in, in Texas, I was listening. I was reading a story from a pro-abortion source that was saying, "Oh, it's a good thing they like, granted a stay to these abortion clinics so they can stay open." And many of them have already closed because they fear this law, and they can't. They're not a viable business. They say if this law takes place, Pat, and I want you to think about this for a second. Okay. If this law were to take place, yeah, women may have to drive up to 150 miles to get an abortion. Stop it, Stu. You're talking about what? two... Say that isn't true. ...hours of dedication oh, to God. kill your child. Oh, man. Two hours yeah, but of how much work. gas money? One way! How much gas money would that cost? Besides the time investment... Thank you. Thank you. How You're much money is involved? Several dollars. Uh, well, I mean, not if you up had an to car. probably half a tank, um, which could cost 20 bucks. 20 dollars. So Holy think of the inconvenience. You can't put that much time into it. No. Two hours one way? Not just to no thank your child. You. Come on War now. on women. Come on. That is legitimately the complaint. It's like, this is, shouldn't be a flippant go around the corner to the CVS process. If it's going to happen, which I obviously completely oppose, but if you're going to do it, it should be something that you contemplate for a long period of time. You don't do it whimsically because it's close. Yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Tag it out. Just like Jeffy. Yeah. Good point. See, what we're saying simply is that you're. Uh, I wasn't saying anything. Also, that you're uh, overweight. Back. Um, we're this is hateful. Uh, yeah, we're hearing uh, really hateful things from uh, Jeff Jeff Fisher. Jeffy is uh, criticizing the physical appearance of Chris Chris. No, no, no. Not, it wasn't, do, wasn't Chris. I was criticizing. We do not feel good about what? Excuse yeah, me. It wasn't Chris. I was criticizing. So uh, who were you criticizing? Just Holy people cow. that were around him. Well, his family was around him. I don't know. Oh, I didn't realize that was his family. Holy cow! Huh, Are look you? At this. 
Are you uh, talking about his wife? Are you saying you don't find his or wife one of to his be children? I just oh, well, the people around him. What, what are the people around him? What? what you happened? tell me it was his family. I didn't realize it was his family. I don't know if it was his family that I was looking at. I just know the people around him. And what? And what rough. does that mean? What does that rough, mean? Man, rough. Rough in what way? Rough in that didn't look that good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, thought, I saw him uh, on the uh, on uh, to Fox News. It'll, they look fine. Okay. Look fine. Maybe I was looking at a different feed. That's possible. All right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We found this kind of fun. Now this is obviously uh, a very uh, mocking bit. This is a uh, this is a little piece of a uh, little musical interlude from Funny or Die, Coheed and Cambria. Uh, put a musical spin on Supreme Court Justice uh, Antonin Scalia's comments in his dissent on both uh, Obamacare and the gay marriage ruling, and they put it to music, and I, I, this is mocking what he said, I think. I'm but pretty I, sure. I still kind of like it. But uh, yeah, we liked like it. it. Here, here's what happened. First of all, I mean, yeah, of course they're mocking, but it's a, it's well done. But b, it is. Uh, it's more information on the case than almost anyone that goes to that Boy, website has ever received. No kidding. And about while it. they might not necessarily understand it from this context, maybe mm -hmm. they'll go to the page. Uh, and say, did he really say pure applesauce? I want to know what context that's in. And maybe they'll actually read the idiocy he was calling idiocy. Now, wait a minute. What is jiggery pokery? Right. What could that be? Well, maybe look you go to the ruling. Yeah. You look it up. I'm probably being way too optimistic here. Uh, but maybe you are. somebody, somebody yeah, no. actually looks at the law as it relates to one of these cases. Mm, I wish it was at true. At some it's point. Not gonna happen. No way. That's not going to happen. But probably still. Not. No Still nicely done, uh, you know, and, and obviously uh, that's kind of a uh, uh, slam to him for I, some of the verbiage he I, used. I suppose that's true, although there's no point which they actually say that. I mean, no, they, they don't. don't say anything. No, obviously, don't. I just assume because it's funny or die and it's Antonin Scalia, they say that. But it could just I mean, there is a part of Antonin mm. Scalia that even if you hate his rulings, is just he's an entertaining guy. He's a wordsmith. He's a guy. He's a curmudgeonly sort of wordsmith. And yes. it, there's something entertaining about that anyway. And he doesn't mind actually taking on 
his uh, fellow justices. Oh, yeah. He, which is I, somewhat unusual. He they seems to basically hate the court at this point. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's saying they're, they're tyrants. Now, I don't know that he hates the people, but he certainly hates the court and what they're doing. He, he hates what's going on because he knows it's unconstitutional. How do you draw that and the, line? And the guy reveres the Constitution. I don't know. How it's do really hard. It's really hard. I don't know how they do it because the Supreme Court probably does it better than anybody else. The Supreme Court. I understand that Scalia and isn't it Ginsburg? Aren't they very, oh, very yeah, good friends? Right. We so heard that like, not too long ago. Like They're very close friends. Rand Paul, Harry Reid. Yeah. That guy, I, mean, I don't know how you draw the line. Yeah. And in the in the Supreme Court with the, that close quarters and they 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 are supposedly so friendly with one another. And I mean, they're there for life. I mean, so they don't have to worry about their gig. This is from a footnote. This is how angry he is now, though. Um, uh, as he goes through some of the flowery um, messages, he says, if I supported an opinion like that, I qu would, quote, hide my head in a bag. The Supreme Court of the United States has descended from the disciplined legal re reasoning Sorry. of John Marshall and Joseph Story to the mystical aphorisms of the fortune cookie. Notice they didn't put that that's, in the song. No, they didn't. Yeah. But that's brilliant and true. We're coming up. been looking forward to walking us through um, the economic charts that are Greece in, uh, I think, seven easy steps yeah. to kind of take us through the entire Greece uh, crisis. Right and I will, now. I will say that uh, the way we prep this show, which mm -hmm. is usually we are do a radio show immediately preceding it, so it's difficult to prep the show. Mm -hmm. So we have, show, we have stuff that Pat or whoever has prepped for the radio show that are kind of left over or things we want to expand on. Sometimes Glenn runs his mouth too much and we don't get to it on the regular show. And then there's things that, like, as I see during the show, I'll send over to the staff that mm -hmm. says, hey, you know, uh, this would be a cool one to do. And then, you know, Andrew puts all of our stuff together, is, uh, does a great job putting, filling in all the gaps and, and, and giving us a good direction to go every day. So we have a big This was one of the ones I actually sent. So I will say I can, uh, I you think, can actually walk, walk you through, through these okay, charts. Good. This good. is pretty amazing. It's from 538, a site I do, I do enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it gives you these seven charts about how Greece, how bad Greece is. Now, Greece, there's a lot of problems over in Europe, obviously, but Greece is really an outlier to the negative. I mean, they they really do a hell of a good job at failing. Greece and is also the word, if I'm not mistaken, that you heard. It's got groove and it's got a meaning. Am I right about that, or has that changed since 1978? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, it's changed since I was two. Is it okay? Uh, right. Here is uh, the chart, uh, the what, chart number one that we're talking about here. This is uh, Greece. Right. Greece's economy has fallen precipitatedly. The GDP, as opposed to all the other nations. Now you see the one on the okay. left there, where mm. Greece falls dramatically compared to every other European country. Germany's actually up. Uh, yeah, Germany and France are up. Uh, Eurozone's about flat from 2007. Spain, Spain, Ireland, Portugal, Italy, and then Greece has been an incredible wow. drop. It's interesting because we continually hear about how bad things are in Ireland. And look how much worse it is in Greece. Yeah, and to a point that Ireland was always held up as a... Wow. 
free market success story. Yeah. Um, and they love to bash Ireland now. But look at the next chart, GDP per capita, which is per person. Ireland, while it has fallen since 2007, is still ahead of Germany. That's I amazing. thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. But you see, the, the worst performer in the entire list, yet again, Greece, who has fallen even below Portugal and is now all the mm. way at the very bottom at under 20,000 per capita. Uh, and that's, uh, I believe that's euros. So, um, yeah, it is euros. Okay, uh, next chart. Uh, this is uh, the employment situation. Very difficult. You see the employment rate, rate rising in uh, many countries in, in uh, Europe. However, Greece, worse than everybody. Um, the only one's even close is Spain, and between 25 and uh, excuse me, 15 and 24 year olds, um, you go all the way up to over 50 percent unemployment now in Greece. Again, only Spain is close. Italy is about 10 points behind. Uh, Germany, the unemployment rate is about eight. Uh, so, for 15 to 24 year olds. Yeah, for 15 to so 24. So overall, their unemployment rate must be low. No one's ever accused uh, Germans of not wanting to work. Yeah. That's the one one of the things that they they've been known for over the years. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, the debt. Uh, it is amazing. It is amazing. <clears throat> Here is the de the debt to GDP ratio. No one is again even close to Greece, who is mm. about 175 percent of their GDP they owe wow. in money. Now, it, wow. uh, uh, you know, it's only about 75% in now, Germany. Now, we talked yesterday that this, the, the payment that is due, like, right now is only, I mean, only. It's a lot of money, but for a major country in the world, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's anything. It's a couple it's billion dollars. One and right? a half billion euros. So a couple billion dollars, maybe. Maybe two billion dollars American. A little bit less, yeah. And they can't do it. They can't they, do they it. just can't make it. And to emphasize that point, again, this is, they're paying none of the principal back, principal back in this loan. So they're just playing the interest on the loan, and the interest rate was something like one or one and a half percent. But you do see here, that. though, that the debt is a really critically bad. It's in a terrible position right Huge now. Huge problem, way worse than anybody else. And then if you look at the ten-year bond yield, so this is a measure essentially of how stable the country is um, since the bad times of mm. 2007. Everyone has had their situation improve in Europe, with the exception of Greece. So everyone's dropped from 4 to 2 or 1%. Uh, Greece has gone the other way, gone from 4 all the way up to 11. It's m almost tripled. Just looking at how different that is. Let's give another man, chart here. And these are all <laughs> pretty bad. I mean, it's um, worse than I thought it was. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, Greece is. And the question is, is Greece the only one? Will, if Greece falls, will it throw Spain into the same situation? And that's the, that's the risk. And then it, if Spain happens, then Portugal it happens to. And if Portugal mm -hmm. happens, who else goes down? Um, but here is, uh, this is the money in the banks. Think about this. Over a eight-year period, they have taken money out of the bank. We take for granted, oh, we only have a 2% growth rate this year or whatever. Here is, they are f shrinking. People are pulling money out of the banks. Even after, in 2010, it was, yeah, I would. I would if have you lived money. in Greece, uh, I would have pulled every penny I could out. And if they would have let me take all of it, I would. Yep. And then would have put it, it somewhere else. else. Anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you're at $250 billion in 2010, and now you're down to uh, 130 I mean, it's almost cut in half wow. the amount of money in their banks. Think of what a society would go through if that were to happen. Here's another. Uh, oh, that's it? That's the last one? Okay. There you go. That's all right. I thought we had one more. But you get the point, I guess. Uh, the point is it's not the situation's good. not so great. No. Not so wonderful. Uh, that, I mean, that's really, really bad. And last night on, on, his, uh, on the TV show, Glenn highlighted the uh, striking parallels 
between the Weimar Republic, Greece, and sadly, us here in America. Um, everything Greece has done, everything we're doing, we've seen it all happen before. Here's what he said. Look what's happening in Greece. I've been warning about a financial collapse in Greece for years, and here it is. I said probably six years ago that in Spain or Greece we would see the rise of the Nazi party. It happened in Greece. And Spain or Greece would be the first that would actually be the domino that would begin to make the EU crumble. We have talked about this for a long time. I was mocked about it, and here it is. This is a precursor for us. Stocks around the globe have tanked in the wake of the news that Greece's demise is now imminent. Banks in Greece have closed. Their stock exchange is shut down all week. People rushed at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to an ATM machine to find out that they had been limited, no matter how much they had in the bank, to 68 bucks. Visitors to Greece should be aware of the possibility that banking services, including credit card processing and servicing of ATMs throughout Greece, could potentially become limited at short notice. So bring large sums of cash. What could possibly happen by encouraging people to carry large sums of cash when banking services are down? That seems like it's going to be great. A few years ago, I went to Greece and... Uh, and this is when the austerity protests were taking over. I want to remind you of, of some of it. Across the street, what makes this significant um, is what's across the street. This is the National Bank of Greece right here. And you can see that it has been spray painted and it is, they've been throwing paint bombs up against the wall. There's anarchy symbols all on the street, all leading up to it. But still, that's not the significant piece. What is significant is that building. That is the central bank of Greece. The central banks, like our Fed, are the real problem all around the world. Sarah, could you go back to the beginning of that? Could you cue that back up, please? Go right back to the beginning of it, because there's something at the very beginning of this that is on a wall right there. You see this on the wall back there? And this is just, if my memory serves me right, what that says on that wall is, um, if the revolution doesn't come by peace, it will come through violence, anarchy. We're about to see the violence. And the leader, remember, we have Nazis on the ground, and the leader is a communist. Russia is butting in now. So you're going to have the fascist and the communist, the Nazis and the communists going at it once again. We're going to re-air part of this documentary at 8 p.m. on, is it Wednesday? Wednesday at 8 p.m., they're bracing for social unrest as the ATMs run out of cash. Self-preservation is kicking in. People are hoarding gasoline and groceries. I'm mocked all the time by saying to prepare. I was mocked for saying this about Greece. I was mocked to say that the caliphate. But look how quickly things go down. The moment you lose access to all the conveniences that we assume they're just always going to have access to. Let me ask you a question. Do you think we'll be any different when our economic day of reckoning comes? Hashtag love wins because it's coming everything greece has done everything we're doing we have seen it play out before the parallels are striking in the 1920s germans weimar republic it rose in the aftermath of world war one and suffered for, uh, from a horrible economy most of it stemmed from the government's decision to attempt to pay its deep foreign debts inflicted by progressive woodrow wilson on germany they decided they were going to print it uh, print the money 
uh, and just give the rest of the world inflated money. Um, because they didn't have any money, so they just printed it. Sound familiar? This caused hyperinflation, which crippled the economy, put it out. Unemployment, food, and energy shortages were everywhere, and the people were desperate. And it opened the door for extremist views to take root. This is how the Nazi party became popular. Golden Dawn in Greece is doing the same thing all over again. And the same thing will happen here if we don't wake up. We're making the same mistakes. In the Weimar Republic, the government decided to enact gun registration and then allowed for governments to confiscate the firearms if needed for public safety. When Hitler eventually seized power, he used all of the registration of the firearms to disarm the political opponents and the Jews. The Jews weren't allowed to own guns and got 20 years in labor camps if they were caught with one. Weimar tried to print their way out of debt. So did Greece. So are we. Weimar restricted guns, so have we. Nazis used suffering to gain power. Extremists did the same in Greece, and we're beginning to do it here as well. And we'll dismiss them. Oh, it'll never happen here. In Weimar, they legalized drugs and abandoned morals to become hypersexualized, depicted in movies like Cabaret. So what have we done? We legalized drugs. And I don't think I have to spend any time convincing anyone that the ship has sailed on valuing morality. Then they had an assassination attempt on their leader, the president of Germany. The then chancellor, like our speaker of the house kind of, broke the constitution, broke all the laws, and went out and hunted down these supposed killers. It was called the Night of Long Knives. This leader of their country broke every single law, broke the Constitution blatantly, and killed all of his enemies. The next morning, he got on radio, and he admitted it. He came clean. He said, with hat in hand, in a long speech to the Nazi-controlled um, Reichstag in Parliament, that 74 people had been shot. And I did this because I was trying to save the Republic, he said, quote, if anyone reproaches me and asks why I didn't resort to the regular courts of justice, then all I can say is this. In this hour, I was responsible for the fate of the German people, and I became the supreme judge of the German people. It was no secret that at this time, the revolution would have to be bloody. When we spoke of it, we called it the night of long knives. Everyone must know, all future time, that if he raises his hand to strike the state, then certain death is his lot. Guess what happened? This was the turning point. When Hitler broke the Constitution and broke the law, if the German people would have stood up, the legitimate German president would have kicked him out. But the German people stood up and applauded. The government forgave him. And when they did, the president wanted to elevate him to a new office because he was going to retire. But Hitler again with hat in hand said, oh my, I could never replace him as president. That's too much power for me. That's too lofty of a title. I'll take a new lowly office. Let's just call me the Fuhrer. He changed history. He changed the course of that country and the world. He based everything in his country on a new pseudoscience Sound familiar? He nationalized and socialized their new economy.
He imaged himself as a Christian. Indeed, he was not a Christian, even though he claimed to be one when he was running. Boy, oh boy, did he talk about Christian values. But in the end, he became an antichrist himself. It was just a few years into him being the Fuhrer that he told churches what they could and couldn't do. Sound familiar? He replaced all the crucifixes in the churches with a picture of himself that was placed on the altar. And he said, quote, the only religion in Germany is that of the Fuhrer. A good friend of mine, Eric Metaxas, wrote a fantastic book that's soon going to be a movie. He, um, he wrote a friend of mine this weekend and he said, um, this is the time of Bonhoeffer. We are living this history again. Bonhoeffer couldn't save the German people from themselves, but there weren't a lot of people on board with him. We cannot make the mistakes of the past. Our government is already making them. We as a people must begin to gather together and stand for eternal principles in our own lives. No matter what our faith or our doctrines, we must come together. Even though the world has been turned upside down, the phrase that did it is actually true. And if it is properly interpreted, it is the secret. It's love wins. And it has nothing to do with who you sleep with. Back 888-727-BECK. Let's check in with Neil in California. Oh, good. I wanted to. Uh, Me too. Uh, Neil. Hi. You're on the Patton's Uh, Two Show. Gentlemen (laughs) with uh, black and white men on horses with bull whips driving cattle in Florida in the old days. That's how that term came up. Okay. I'm uh, interested in everything you said today. Right now, I'm looking at gun control around the world or arms control. Everybody has control all the way down to ISIS. You can have a weapon to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. The left or progressives tell women around the world, do not have an, a weapon, a firearm to defend yourself. But then they tell people, hey, we can have a million people murdered with a vacuum cleaner and scissors. They tell women, right. don't arm yourself and shoot the rapists. We'll get you the abortion later. But don't execute the rapist post-birth abortion. That murdered your unborn baby. We're looking at everybody being told that they've been born with a criminal record, conceived with a capital crime. In other words, the same thing as the chieftains and the uh, kings and queens telling people you are under our control. Arms control is nothing more than telling people how to live and how how to die. We have under our Constitution, the first time in history of man, we are all equal under our Creator. And under the First Amendment, I can open my big mouth and say that the Second Amendment means I can defend that truth. I don't have to like my neighbor, and they don't have to like me to defend each other. I've been in Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, Africa, Mexico. Every time I've been there, there's armed problems, people illegally using arms. Mm-hmm. The only people that have arms... Well, the president has bodyguards, and one of the Secret Service guys spells me money. Yeah. He's got 
people with arms for the rest of his life, protecting him and his family, up-to-date, modern mm -hmm. firearms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. uh, you're exactly right. I feel like you just went in that way. And that's why I, Neil from California, am running for president of the United States. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what that was, that was, that was going. I Neil. afford it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, Neil, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of crazy uh, hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh, I think with, with Neil, a lot of that was what yes. Neil was uh, trying to uh, shed a light on. That. And it's true. I mean, the, the, you know, you, you get to a point where... The world just doesn't make sense. Like the ACLU story is a good example of that. Why would the ACLU, if they actually were an organization based on uh, civil liberties and individual liberties, why would they be all of a sudden against the RFRA? Well, it's because they're not. They're always. They're just in the position of what uh, feels good at the moment. And right now, X, Y, or Z is popular. That's where they'll stand. That's not a. I, mean, I, I don't think I thought that about the ACLU. I mean, we know that they were started uh, as a communist organization, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know the history of it better than I do, Pat, but I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, we've heard that many times. I just don't know, I don't know what they're doing now. And you see the same thing when you have a war on women uh, and Republicans mm -hmm. hate black people, yet there would be tens of millions more of both if you listen to us on life. Right. Yeah, and that point is never acknowledged certainly never made by the left they pretend it doesn't exist they pretend that the 13 million blacks who've been aborted uh would weren't being uh created anyway i mean they don't they don't talk about that and that was you know if you go back to the beginning of planned parenthood it's interesting because that was margaret sanger's ultimate goal was to eliminate the minorities and the undesirables she just she didn't want people who weren't super smart around her. She didn't want uh, people who were minorities. She was an unbelievable racist. She believed in genocide. And she, she tried to help bring it along. And, and yet, for some reason, the organization that she founded is perfectly fine and exempt from any scrutiny whatsoever. Uh, let's go to Brian in Missouri. Brian, hi, you're on patents too. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey, um... Who's that? Who's that weird guy? You know, lurking in the shadows. I think his name's Jeffy. Oh, a little yeah. overweight. It, oh, yeah. It's freaking me out every time I watch your show. I, yeah. I know. That's we'll a good observation. Pain, Although the little overweight, I'm not exactly sure who you're talking about. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, we well, can only assume it. you're being polite, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. you needn't be, Brian. Go ahead and say what well, you want. I'm 16, constitutional conservative. I have my own okay. uh, radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Nice, oh, great. and. Um, I want really, 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 really want you guys to induct John Stewart into the Douche Hall of Fame. I really, mm -hmm. I hate mm -hmm. every time I watch, every mm -hmm. time I try to watch him, you know, and I was, and I always, when I watch him rip up Glenn and, and make fun of him mm. and, and, you know, some of his predictions, Glenn's predictions have come true. As yes. you guys, yes, a good number of them. Yeah. And they've, they've come true and people mocked him when he was at Fox and, and John Stewart, deserves an inductee spot in the Dushal He does deserve even... some recognition. I, I agree with that. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Brian. We, you know, we're going to have to look into that one day, and and I don't know if today is the day. No, John Stewart. Then you've got, I mean, yesterday we uh, we ran that uh, clip of Keith Oberman. We had a lot of requests for Keith Oberman. A lot of requests for him to be the Dushal Fame. Hall of Fame. Again, Again, there's, okay. that was relevancy a relevancy clause. I know. And there's a relevancy yeah, clause. Now, and that's, he keeps uh, trying. Here's the thing. I will say... To me, John Stewart 
belongs in the douche hall of fame. I, I think I, I he think does. I think so, too. Now, the so issue too. with this is he's leaving a show. Right. So if he were to get into the douche hall of fame, he probably should already be in there. Right. Um, and if he's leaving the show, he could activate their relevancy clause, meaning that he's not relevant enough to get into the douche hall of fame. Keith Olbermann, I think, even though he has a show on sports radio <laughs> or sports TV, uh, definitely has. he's too irrelevant right. to consider, I think, at this point. It's ESPN 17 or something? Yeah, I think he's on. I mean, I'm sure he's making some nice cash from the, I'm from sure the game. But as far as relevance to our world, which, you know, and talking mm. about politics, he's just not there anymore. And, but he's de he's almost the definition of the person yes, who put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Keith Olbermann. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's hard. Yes, but since he's on ESPN Football, which is spelled F-U-T-B-O-L. Right. Uh, well, we don't... ESPN Football 2. Football 2. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, which is ESPN America 17. Yes, it is. It well, is. It is like the second or third tier. It's eighteen now in Portugal. But yes, it was seventeen. Oh, it's eighteen now. 17. Okay. No, I mean, look, I, <laughs> he deserves to be in as well. But I, the Seward thing, we probably should have put him in a long time ago. And should I, have. And, and does that? Do we have an excuse here? Um, was it relevancy? Is that why we've? He's definitely no, not that. Or have we just not thought of him that much? I guess we just never thought of to put him in because I mean pr he certainly was relevant enough. I mean he was inspiring. Yeah. Uh, you know the, he drives the news seemingly every day when he does a show about something. Um, so he probably should have been in. That's it's a good yes, point. Maybe, but he kept making the same. One of the things is is that for a long time, at least for the last three years anyway, we've just beat him up for doing the same shtick. Yeah. Every single yeah. yeah, but time. you know who's even worse is Stephen Colbert, yeah. and and I mean he could have been he could be in the douche hall of fame as well. Yes, he, he could, could. and he's going Easily. to a, he's going to uh, essentially a higher profile, a, a, thing. a raise, a promotion. Yeah. Where Stewart is just kind of going away, though I assume he's going to do something, but it might be movies or something like that, which is not going to be as relevant on a daily basis. Right. This is an interesting. This is a sort of a, a place is. he's never been before. I it think, is with the douche hall of fame, it's most definitely, yeah. which is a guy I think we all kind of consider at least should get a vote, uh, now is kind of crossing that line of irrelevant, and I don't know if we put him in. That's a, it's a tough one. We're going to struggle with this one, but uh, we appreciate the idea, Brian. You've given us something to think about. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu coming up. I don't like Interesting. Interesting. Hmm? I don't think he's worth it. But, I mean, just because of our oversight, should the Douche Hall of Fame not I get the member that belongs in there? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting. We were talking about that John Stewart going into the Douche Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, as I was flipping through the intranets in the break, uh, we were told. All of them? Did you flip through yeah, all the all intranets? Yeah, all the tubes. <laughs> I got through all the tubes. All right, and good. once I got through all the tubes, I discovered that apparently John Stewart did a monologue about Antonin Scalia last night and said, you know, because he's a hypocrite, what an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. What a glorious sight it would be to see those two people talk about something. I would love it. What a, what a fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic <coughs> event it would be to Scalia see John Stewart get mentally destroyed. squish him like a bug, like a wouldn't even know, like a bug wouldn't even know he did it. Yeah. Would just walk over. It would be so right. easy for him. It would yeah. he wouldn't even know it occurred. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe if we watch that, it would put him into the douche hall of fame. I don't know. Although I'm a little scared. I I'm a little scared. I, I we need to get to this because uh, Robert Redford sees uh, the last chance now. To fix our climate. Oh, we've, we've arrived at the last. It's the one. last 
chance. So if we don't do it now, they'll shut up about it because it's obviously over. Well, yeah, they'll shut up because we'll all be dead. Okay, good. Good, Still. good. Well, that way, as long as we don't hear about it again after this last chance, I'm fine. This December, the world must unite behind a common goal. Because look, this is it. You know when you say look after because, it's an important statement you're about to make. That's true. Because look, th this, is, uh, this is it. This is our only planet, our only life source. This may be... Our last chance. Mm, May. Is that Good compelling Robert or what? Redford. Is that compelling? What are you doing, Jeff? I'm just looking at Robert Redford with that mop of fake red hair on the top of his head. Yeah, it's attractive. It doesn't look real. It's good look. Is it? <laughs> I don't think real. it is. I, I think he's bald. I'll bet you he's bald now. But, you know, yeah. he's Robert Redford. He can't appear in public bald. And without his little red hair mop. Uh, <laughs> it, world, the world government. Uh, we'll try to forge a new global accord uh, to address climate change at the U.N. climate conference in Paris in December with both developed and developing countries. Uh, the landmark agreement, I like this, <laughs> is a landmark agreement that would limit global warming to 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. So they're going to tell, they're going to get together and they're going to decide, all right, we're going to tell global warming not to warm any more than 3.6 degrees. <sighs> They go so 3.7 degrees, we won't hear about it. No, we'll tell the climate. No, you're going back to 3.6, because that's as high as we're going to allow you. And then, so, I don't, I don't know how they tell the climate to only go up 3.6 degrees. Hasn't Robert Robert told us that it was the end soon before? Oh, many times. I'm sure many times. I mean, this is it before? You're probably right. And, you know, the idea that it's, it's warm 0.9 degrees. So they're saying... It's it, going to go up another, like... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, that's 0.9 degrees Celsius. So it's what, what, ridiculous. 1.4 Fahrenheit, and they're saying 3.6 Fahrenheit. So they're going to let it go up as it has already, then another Another time, two degrees. Uh, and then a little bit more. Jeez, man. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, Stu. Mm -hmm. We are all responsible for this crisis. According to Robert, your mission is as simple as it is daunting. Save the world before it's too late. How many times does this guy have to say, last chance, last call for alcohol, mm -hmm. come get your chicks, pick up your man, whatever the deal is, get your last drink, get your ass out of Clo here. Closing We're time. closing up. Mm -hmm. It's closing time. You can tell Who's you the band that does closing time? time Semisonic. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you. Semisonic. Uh, it's closing time. Time to forget the rest For of the you lyrics. To go out to the places you will be from. Thank you. Closing Thank you. time. Thank you. One last call. Good for morning. Alcohol. One last Finish call. Your whiskey know. or beer. That's in there somewhere. It's a genius. It's yeah. a genius song. <laughs> I actually, do. I, it's, a, I it's about it. your last beer at, at a bar. I mean, that's no, it's not. It's important. It's not. What's it about? We just learned this the other day. Was that me and you doing the show, Jeffy, that day? Really? No, we did a show about the songs, the lyrics and songs. They don't mean what you think they mean. Where was I? I know, one of those, one of those oh, days yeah, we skipping did. work. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pat, Pat's been doing a lot of that, a lot yeah. of Ferris Bueller's Day Off type of stuff. Twice. Um, Twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. But was that was the song in that group? Yeah, it was something about the. Uh, it was something about childbirth. Um, is what it's actually about. What? Yeah, uh, you didn't. You definitely weren't here for the show if you don't. No, know I was. Do you no. remember, Jeffy? I absolutely I, uh, wasn't. I don't remember, remember closing time, but I do remember doing the segment of the what the difference. Was that the one made. that you couldn't read? Uh, was that it's the, possible? Uh, okay. <laughs>
Yeah, no, it was uh, it, it, something about how your life changes after having children. What? Yeah, that's uh, all right. I'm well, going to look this up. We'll now. get it for you here in a little bit. Uh, there's also a, a story today about uh, Walmart has yanked the uh, Confederate flag out of all their stores, uh, and that, that's going to change it. I mean, that's going to stop a murder or two. If if, if mm -hmm. you can save thousands of lives mm -hmm. uh, by simply pulling the Confederate flag off the shelf, why wouldn't you? Uh, if you could say, did you know that everyone uh, of color in uh, Idaho was mm -hmm. killed because of Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> did you know that? You yeah, probably no. didn't know that, did you? Yeah, that's why there's only a couple. There's only a couple left. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've, uh, Walmart has pulled other Same things. with Montana. Uh, the exact same thing happened yeah. in Montana really? and North, North and South Dakota. Because of the North Dukes of Hazzard. Yes. South Dakota? Yes. Because the Dukes of Indeed. Hazzard reruns, because they <laughs> yes. saw the flag on the roof and went to kill people. Uh, so Walmart has cured this, luckily. Uh, they've also done uh, many other times they've pulled stuff off the shelf, such as Barbie's pregnant pal. Walmart cleared its shelves of uh, Barbie's pregnant friend Midge. Uh, a I, doll. Think it was, I think she was called Skank Midge. <laughs> I, I, Wasn't she? I don't know why Midge she's a skank. skank. She had a removable stomach <laughs> complete with deliverable baby. That's really cool. Uh, a removable Did you have a husband? I, I don't know. Okay. Customers complain about seeing pregnancy enter into Barbie's universe and Walmart pulled <laughs> all the happy family sets from its stores. Okay. Boy, that's, I wish a, I had that. that's probably a good idea. That, that, that'd be a great uh, collector's it item. sure would. It? Midge? I bet that's a great collector's item. Uh, they've also pulled a shirt that read, Someday a woman will be president. In 1995, good. Miami area... Walmart pulled that shirt from the racks after customers compl consumer complaints. The shirt, which featured the character Margaret from the Den from Dennis the Menace, ran afoul of the company's family values. What? So it went back. Why would a woman being wow. president run up? They have really changed, haven't oh. they? Haven't they? Wow. Jeez. I mean, I, I, have, I mean, who, who would have a problem with that shirt? I can't imagine. Wow. I can't. I, I literally can't imagine why you would have a problem with that shirt. There's no problem with that shirt. I mean, unless you just hate women. But I don't, I mean, just Talk Walmart about a war on women. women. Apparently they did in 1995, Stu. I guess so. Uh, hateful. Uh, how about uh, <laughs> underwear, the, specifically these underwear, who say, who needs credit cards uh, when you have Santa? That's what it says in the rear. Um, um, a little odd. Undergarments uh, pulled in December there. 2007. Uh, and I guess it was just a sexual, uh, sexual uh, undertone for younger girls. But I, I don't. I don't know. It just says, who needs credit cards when you have Santa? It doesn't seem to say anything about sex. It's just on underwear. Well, uh, back in 2000, we had a similar debate, apparently, about whether the Confederate flag should be flown over South Carolina's statehouse. Uh, that battle also spilled into Walmart's grocery aisles, and they removed their Confederate-themed barbecue sauce. <laughs> At the really? southern Walmart stores, though, not all of them. Okay. All righty. During the flag debate, Bessinger uh, replaced all the American flags at his eateries with Confederate flags, a move that Walmart saw as objectionable and needlessly provocative, so the company yanked his sauces from stores. Then uh, oh. they pulled the naughty leopard costume for toddlers. Okay. I think that's a good idea, too. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's probably not smart. You can still get those at other stores, though. Naughty leopard. Look at that. For Two-year-old kids, you've got a naughty leopard you, outfit. And is, I wasn't joking. You can get those at other places still today. I, uh, why hey, we're so why do you keep bringing that up? That's creepy. It's because Pat's making a big deal. Look at it, how horrible it is. But I looked at some of the outfits this past year 
same kind of stuff. Still you, I will say, too, you know what the problem with that is? The word naughty. Right. I mean, outside right. of that, mm. it's not like it's, it's revealing or anything. It's just a normal Correct. little... I mean, like, if it just said leopard, I don't think there would be any problem with it. But leopard calling out. it naughty... Cute, cute leopard outfit. Right. Like, yeah. it's a naughty leopard. Right. He's like, wait a minute, what do you mean naughty? That's a... <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Um, uh, all right. And then you've got... Uh, where are we? Where do we leave off? Uh, number six. Number six, okay. 1999, Walmart put the brakes on selling an action figure with uh, WWE wrestler Al Snow. Uh, he uh, his wrestling gimmick at the time involved walking into the ring while carrying and talking into a mannequin head. Naturally, his action figure came with a head as an accessory, but uh, they thought uh, a couple of professors said it was a problem. They told oh the press uh, that selling the action figure would uh, to society would normalize violent treatment of women. We're telling little boys that it's acceptable behavior to, of course, decapitate women, which is exactly the, lang the what they learned about that. Exactly. Exactly. Because when you see a head, you're going to think, oh, wow, it's okay to decapitate women. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Obviously. That's the first thing that pops first into thing. your head. First thing. Also, if you're a frisky 17-year-old looking for the latest Maxim stuff or FHM, don't look at Walmart. Walmart. Uh, in 2003, the store banned the so-called Lad Mags due to their racy photo spreads and uh, body editorial comment. Uh, content, so y y they took those off the shelves. For a long time, Walmart has removed music too. Uh, they've declined to stock any music bearing a parental advisory. Uh, if you have a warning for explicit lyrics, they don't carry it. When the store carried Nirvana's album in utero, in utero, uh, it changed the song title "Rape Me" to the less offensive and kind of weird uh, "Waif Me." Similarly, the store declined to carry Prince's 1998, 1988 album, Love Sexy, because of the, uh, a fairly tame cover that featured a nude photo of the artist. That sounds awful. I don't, I don't know if I remember the nude I don't want to see it either. Photo of uh, how about Superbad and their DVDs? You remember that movie, Superbad? It has McLo McLovin in it. Sort of. Uh, it, uh, 2007 is when it came out. Uh, had a, a replica of the fake license McLovin had. Uh, most movie fans just saw it as something fun, but of course it is a fake ID, and technically they didn't want to put that out there. And technically illegal. I, I guess. So, um, you know, right. so I mean, I, I don't know. It's uh, a little bit over. They also banned uh, Cuban pajamas for some reason. Really? Because I guess they come from. Get that Cuba. list for mental flaws. We'll tweet it out at World of Stew. Um, okay. Uh, now the lyrics of Closing Time. See if you can decipher what this is about. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, Stu. Closing Time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Obviously, that sounds like birth, right? Okay. Closing time. Turn, turn the lights up over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish oh. your whiskey or beer. And what they're saying the there, that? it was, Mom, you can't, dr you can't drink anymore because you're pre getting pregnant or something. Okay. Something like that it was the de right. definition of that. Okay. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Okay, so, meaning in the womb? I guess. Uh, okay, uh, you don't have to go home, meaning heaven, but you can't stay here? Maybe. I, I, they said, um, the, their de description of this was, um, he, the lead singer um, disguised the real meaning because he knew his bandmates would get sick of him playing a song about his children. Really? <laughs> Which, you know, you could see that really? in a rock band, yeah. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Blah, blah, blah. Take me home. Closing time. Time for you to go out to the places you'll be from. Closing time. This room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. 
Obviously, yeah. that's what this is about. <laughs> right. So gather up your jackets and move it to the exits. I hope you've found a friend. Closing time, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Oh, it's, you can see it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a, it's, it actually is a great It's song. sad when it's, people it, do kind of cool songs, and then that's it. They're gone. Yeah, you know, they were a pretty good band, too. I saw them yeah. before that song came out in concert, randomly. Like they, really? were, they were playing with another band I liked, and I remember liking them enough to go buy their CD that no one had ever heard at the time. Was Closing Time on it? No, it was the CD mm -hmm. before Closing Time. Um, and it had three or four re songs I really liked on it. Uh, yeah. And, and the Closing Time and the one they released after that were, had the same thing. It wasn't like, they were one of those bands that I liked every song, but like there were, there were a few songs on each one of those that were pretty good. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And then gone. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More Pat and Stu coming up. And we'll marvel at maybe other one-hit wonders over the years. Yeah, I found it. Let me maybe not. That we did. Did you? And. Uh. Beck, it's Pat and Stu. During the Berlin press day for Terminator Genesis last week, uh, when does that come out, by the way? You told us well, last Friday. and uh, I, was think, I was thinking international last oh, Friday. Oh, sure you so were. It was released internationally last <coughs> Friday. I don't believe it was, actually. Yes, it was. Was it? And it was released uh, here in the States uh, uh, tomorrow. You, uh, it was released it's going tomorrow. To tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> You're a big fan of the arts, uh, and you've taken lying to an art form, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, it is. You, what do you mean? You don't even... Most of the time, even try, uh, but now you've really turned this into a thing where you're you're, you're like a you've got a tapestry, you're mm -hmm. weaving and. Painting. I'm just saying. I said Friday that it was being released. You mistakenly uh, mm. thought I, I was, was talking was my about fault. here here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I was talking, uh, you know, globally, yeah. internationally. You were you were talking through your butt <laughs> is what you were doing. I misread um, the stupid thing, but, but they did release yeah. it this past weekend internationally. Oh, okay. Uh, the other thing is that it's been revealed now that the 1986 classic, which I love, right, Top I Gun, mm -hmm. uh, oh. is 1986. It's almost wow. 30 years mm -hmm. since Top Gun came that out. That does feel like a long time. 30 that sure does. freaking years. Just as a side note, uh, Robert Redford, that picture we saw of him, yeah. he turns 79 <clears throat> next month. Mm. So go Crazy. ahead and wear the red flop, Rob. That's crazy. That's horrifying. Uh, so, the Top Gun Two is is uh, coming out, and uh, Maverick, uh, <laughs> who helped make Tom Cruise one of the biggest stars in the world, will be in the movie, um, and it's going to be present day. So, I, I don't know if Tom does it say whether Tom Cruise has signed on for this because i don't see that no, anywhere the, in it they are saying I, the quote i heard was the the guy saying like look there's no top gun without maverick we maverick has a big role in this but well, they don't they but don't that also him means yet. him right right doesn't that have to be tom cruise it's gotta be tom cruise I and especially think. since he looks he still looks great i mean he, he, oh, you he can tell he's slightly role. older he looks just as good as he did in 1986 yeah. doesn't he, <laughs> he I, I mean and that's the thing is like there's a part of that too that you just feel like you know what I'm gonna, I, 
I'll do, I'm going to do it. You know why? Because of this. Like, it was a uh, Major League came out, right? And Major mm -hmm. League was a big hit. And then they wanted to make Major League 2, which was a horrible, Bad. horrible movie. movie. And Charlie Sheen, in one of his very few good decisions in his life, I think it was Charlie Sheen, right? He was the yeah. mm -hmm. no, Sheen was back, yep. but uh, uh, Wesley Snipes um, uh, did not yes, come back. And they were pissed off at Wesley Snipes at the time because... You know, Wesley Snipes was a nobody, and he makes yeah. this movie, and it's a big hit. And then now you're not going to come back for the sequel. We got to cast some guy who kind of looks like you in the role, and uh, that's what right. they did. And of course, in reality, it was a good decision because the movie was terrible. But there's mm -hmm. part of you that thinks, "Look, I owe him this one." Now right. it's you know, Tom Cruise has made his money. He's done his thing. Do you just come back just to say, you know what? I hope he does, but. They do admit there's no word on whether or not he's signed on yeah, yet, but I hope he does. That's a tough call for Tom. In the meantime, there's another movie out that I'm really interested in, it, and, and it's kind of a documentary, it looks like. Um, it's going to air on Spike TV about Chris Farley, and oh, it's yeah, called I Am Chris Farley. Yep. Here's the trailer. Anytime you get to talk about Chris Farley, it's a good day, man. Well, Lottie Frickin' God! <laughs> Funniest guy ever. He was nuts. Nuts. When I walk through Chicago with him, oh my God, it's Chris Farley, it's Chris Farley, it's Chris Farley. Everybody cries for me, right? <laughs> don't give up, Richard. <laughs> Natural ability. It's just natural. I haven't had sex with a woman. I don't know how that works. Make like an egg and beat it! And he was infectious. And he was kind. And he was a puppy dog. He was a, this boy that wanted to do good. But then there was this other side of him. So his whole life was this constant mm. battle. Success in show business does not always create the best version of people. And also thinking that you have the physical capacity to handle it. Which, you know, you may anything. think that you can handle it. It's not going to change me. When you say I'm old, Chris. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> it's a tough thing to deal with that kind of fame when you're that fame. And if it happens fast, it's almost lethal. You can't walk around being funny all the time. You have to be yourself sometimes, and you have to be alone sometimes. Wait, you don't die at 33? It doesn't happen. It comes up in something, in my mind, every day. And I think it will forever. The poor world only got to see this part of the iceberg that is Chris. It may not be Ken doll, but it comes together and it's extremely attractive. This is the physicality. You, you saw his quality as an actor there. You know, when everybody's deciding who's the funniest, you go, Farley was the funniest. Our generation was into him. And Chris just stops and he turns me right at the edge of the curtain and goes, this is what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. There's a category of people that I work with that are uh, infuriatingly talented. As long as they're in this world, I think you always recognize whatever it is when you see it. You're always drawn to them. Jeez, that looks great. Yeah, doesn't that look great? Oh, it's great. Huh? August. Everybody, comes out in August. Everybody loves that guy. Look at all the. It's so sad that he died at 33. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, but they got everybody to come back and talk about him. That, look, that looks great. great. Yep. 888 727 back. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.